welcome to episode number 90 of Investing from the Beach. I'm your host. My name's Chris Hansen. And I've got my co-host with me this evening. I forget how to do this intro. It's been so long, Mr. Chris Lamb. Hey, it's Chris Lamb here. Episode 90. Wow. Yeah, there was... By our pace, uh, we'll get to 100 in about, uh, you know, 10, 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you that are longtime listeners, or at least, you know, you've heard this thing more than once, um, we're back at it. For those of you listening for the first time, this won't make any sense unless you go back and look at the dates of recording. The last the, the last one that we did, I think, was in May of last year, and we decided, I say we, it's probably me, because I'm usually the one that calls Chris and says, let's record these things. Um, seven, eight months sabbatical. And people, I had, and for all those that sent me emails or phone calls saying, hey, are you guys okay? What's going on? We just said, no, we just either got lazy or just live in life. Um, the reality of, 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 of it is early on, Microsoft has an issue in using an external microphone that I have, and it's in Windows 11. <clears throat> I know a couple of listeners are Microsoft employees, and I'm probably going to call and go, no, 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 it's not us. It's like, whatever. But that stumbled, that tripped me up for a little bit and didn't want to pursue it. And next thing you know, six months pass, I go, oh, I should probably fix this. So Chris and I are recording this in a different form than we usually do. We're actually on a Zoom call. Um, I don't think we've ever recorded a podcast where I can see you. So I'm staring at the monitor looking at you. It's like, this is kind of weird. I'm used to just staring at a blank wall (laughs) and having a discussion. And now that might actually help us on our editing because you can tell when I stop talking. Because I'll just point at you and go, hey, you, you you talk. Um, Anyway, so that's where we're on that. So for those of you that are reaching out to say what's going on, everything's cool. The bear market didn't kill us at all. It actually has been very lucrative. So it wasn't it wasn't that. Just literally got lazy, went and enjoyed life for a little while. Chris, yeah, any comments I, before I, I think it's, uh, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, really important things that are urgent that we had to, you know, bring up and talk about, um, you know, in a podcast. So there's 89 other episodes with yeah. good content out there that you could have gone back and listened to. But I do appreciate all the comments and feedback. It's uh, it's a feel good. Thank you for that. If it is your first time listening, quick background on the two of us. Um, I got Chris by almost 20 years, 18, I think, to be exact. We met working at IBM, uh, both in sales. Chris was coming in the door as I was leaving the door. Um, we both hit freedom as a result of not working for IBM, but as a result of the stock market. And that was 20 years ago, almost for me. Think about it. It might even be 20 years this year. Um, All right. I yeah, so. dude. I've been unemployed for 20 years. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you've been unemployed for a little over a decade. Yeah. Right. When did you leave? Uh, I think like just 10 years after you did. So 2012, right? And I left in 2002. Correct. I I have been, aside from my... Maybe nine years. You left uh, the beginning of the end of 2000. End of 02. Yep. So I left left beginning 2012. Got it. So ballpark nine years for Chris and 20 mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I will tell you, whatever path you're trying to pursue to get to freedom, absolutely go bust your butt to get there. It is an incredible, awesome spot to be. Mm-hmm. And whether you want to do it in real estate, the stock market, go go sell stuff on Amazon or whatever you want to do, that's cool. Just bust your ass to get there. There is a key difference to make, though, in that when we speak of freedom, a lot of people will speak about financial freedom. 
And that's all well and good, but a much better approach or a much better objective is time freedom. And what typically you'll see people talk about with financial freedom is they'll go out and they'll buy rental real estate, maybe flip a few homes and then buy a property and uh, become a landlord <clears throat> and, you know, buy another one, another one, another one. And, and some at some point, build a portfolio, portfolio large enough that it is kicking off enough income to cover their expenses and even to replace their salary at their JLB. And then they make the transition from being an employee at ABC company to now working for themselves in your, you know, Joe Blow or John Doe real estate empire. And nothing wrong with that, but just understand that it takes a lot of work to be able to do that. Uh, we do it in the stock market. It's not a, it takes a long time to learn and it's frustrating to learn. And it's an effort to learn, but once you get it, it is certainly not a eight hour a day job by any stretch. And so again, the, whatever path you want to choose to pursue, I respect you. I say, go for it. I've got a very biased opinion on which one is the best. Um, and that will become very clear if you listen to a couple of prior episodes. But I will tell you, whatever you do, time freedom compares to nothing else. There is nothing better. What do you think? You've been out of it for nine years. Do you ever think about going back? Uh, it's actually 11 years. Right? Sorry, oh, my bad. So I can't even yeah. do math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what happens when you get too much time for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it went beyond. No, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't even know how to apply for a job. <laughs> Gee, I had a just a, a side note on this. Have you ever woken up um, like thinking you had a meeting or something to go to? No. I mean, it happens to me every once in a while. Uh -huh. I'll wake up and I was like, oh, man, I forgot to call on such and such a whatever. I mean, yeah. it's like, then I wake up like, what the hell? Are you thinking you haven't had to do a customer call in 20 years? Oh, that's that's because you spent, uh, you know, enough years there to have that PTSD from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's called corporate PTSD. It must be. But it has happened a few times where I literally wake up thinking, oh, no, I didn't call, you know, so-and-so back. Like, oh, my God, that was 23 years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> Weird. Um, anyway, the purpose of the podcast it's your first time listening to it is <clears throat> to help you open your eyes to how to achieve time freedom. And it's not about the cookbook. It's not about the rules, the recipe, the whatever else. That little, that portion of what's required is called the how to do. And that represents at best, maybe 5% of what it takes to reach time freedom. And the other 95% plus is contained in the broad categorization of how to think. And Chris and I spend time on these episodes going through and talking about various aspects and elements of the how to think. We try and add a little bit of, uh, sometimes it's sophomoric humor, um, sometimes it's dad humor, sometimes it's a little off color. We were telling uh, stories before we flipped the record button, but man, people would crack up and we were talking about, it's like, I just, it's a little edgy enough. We probably shouldn't put that in a recording. But we, we might get canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the least of my concerns. Um, and it's nice not to have to worry about that stuff. That's the other beauty about time freedom. You really can run to the beat of your own drum. And so, you know, this woke culture or, you know, saying things that are offensive. Um, Chris and I say offensive things to each other and crack up and never mean it with a harm. It's more to make the other guy laugh. And so it is an interesting perspective, I guess, when I listen to friends that are employed and you realize the 
eggshells that they sometimes have to walk upon. Whereas Chris and I just buffalo through the china shop <laughs> and break glass <laughs> and really don't give a rip <laughs> as long as we don't hurt somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. Not what we're concerned about. So any comments there? Good looking one. Dude, it's so weird to look at you on a screen while we speak. I got to get used to this. Uh, are you mesmerized? I am. <laughs> And I realize there is there is no question as to which one of us is smart and which one of us is better looking. <laughs> so I put us side by side. It's like, nope, that battle is easily identified. The oh, it's a, it's a, it was a good intro. And all you got to do is now uh, say uh, the, the disclaimer and we're ready to go. Oh, that's true. So um, way back when Chris and I both had a securities license, we had it for a couple of years. Um, but we both dropped it after a couple of years. And so we are unlicensed. And what that means is we, you know, we're not giving financial advice. This is strictly meant to be a little bit of education, hopefully a little bit of entertainment. So I guess you call it, was it infotainment? I think is the right word or edutainment, something Mm -hmm. like that. But if the, as we talk through stuff today or any of the other prior or future episodes, The last thing we are doing is trying to give you advice or a suggestion, and we're not soliciting dollars to run in some investment. The last last thing we're doing. And because we don't have a license, we're not authorized to do that. We're not allowed to do it. So if it seems that we're suggesting that you do that, um, we are not. Strongly encourage you to go speak to a financial advisor, a registered investment advisor, somebody that carries a license that knows what they're doing. Because clearly being unemployed for 20 years and 11 years, we have no clue what the hell we're talking about. So you should go talk to someone with a license um, that can understand. Get get, get education and make your own decisions. Say that even louder. I said better yet, get educated, get education and, you know, make your own decisions. That's exactly it. Um, But until you get educated or if you're uneducated on a particular topic, go talk to someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, and you, the way that the SEC and FINRA, I guess, are set up, it is required that that person be quote-unquote licensed. Um, and it takes you about eh, two to three weeks, and we got it, I think, with about two weeks of study and passed the securities exam. Um, we both had already retired or left the job by that point, and I did look at something. I think it takes longer to become a masseuse in California than it does to become a security or, or a what do you call it? A financial advisor. Yeah, it's it like a year of time to learn how to rub somebody's shoulder. But we can lose their money in about three weeks or they can lose your money in about three weeks. So just stuff to be aware of. What else? Man, I'm out of practice. I haven't listened to the old ones to see what I used to say. Did I cover it all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got it. Cool. So there are all kinds of things we could talk about that have gone on within the past six months. The biggest thing probably for that falls within our wheelhouse is ballpark a year ago, the stock market was at all time highs. And now over the last uh, 12 months, we've gone in a nice little skid. And what's really interesting in that time also, we've seen we've seen uh, interest rates. You look at mortgage rates, they've effectively doubled or darn close to it. And interest rates have risen dramatically. They're still not incredibly high compared to historical norms, compared to the last 12 months, quite a bit higher. And what's fascinating, you know, we've had, you had COVID and that caused supply chain issues. And now you had stores that were ordering too much. So now the retail stores are flush with 
too much product. They need to clear it out. So they're lowering prices. And granted, we've got inflation, but we're trying to unload stuff. And you hear of people speaking about the ability to buy goods that maybe were cheaper than they've been in the past. For example, a pair of jeans or a jacket or whatever it is that you're purchasing. And people can recognize a deal on the consumer side. And yet it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I noticed that prices are higher, but Chris, are you freaked out by costing a little bit more and quite a bit more to go out to dinner or go to the grocery store? No. I mean, I, I don't. You I notice don't it's there. higher, but yeah, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, you still you still go out to eat. Yep. Are you have you changed your uh, dietary inputs? Your yeah, I don't eat eggs, eggs anymore because the eggs are uh, doubled in prices. <laughs> is that did they double? <laughs> they 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 did. They gone up a lot. Um, uh, I don't know if you re read recent news, but it's not. It hasn't. It's, it's nothing to do with the uh, inflation. It uh, it's more so uh, they have. Uh, yeah, some bird flu with the chi the the hens or something that laid eggs. So okay, yeah, it hasn't affected uh, chicken prices, but it affect egg prices. Okay, so on the chicken or the egg center, I guess the eggs first. Yeah, yeah, I was I, I was interested in finding out because there's there's this um these eggs that I get they're called happy eggs. So the uh, the yolks are orange instead of yellow. This is an and, Asian thing. What are happy eggs? No, no, there, there's there, you can't get them at an Asian store. You know, I get them at my favorite grocery, the Bonds. You know, <laughs> are you serious? They're called happy eggs. They're called happy eggs. Well, the the brand is called Happy Eggs. Oh wow! Um, okay, yeah. And so, if you crack them, the the yolks are orange. And so, I, I and I, I travel to you know like Asian countries where people raise you know hens. Uh, well, happy house. hens, dude. Yeah, and so <laughs> I've had them before. I was I was so shocked to see the yolk being so orange, and they taste very creamy and just flavorful. It doesn't taste like your regular. Oh, yellow. so it's a it's a different taste. It's a different taste, correct? And so um, when I had them, I was like, "Oh, these are good." And so I, that's all they've been buying. And lately, within the last month, they don't have them on the shelf. It just says like "coming soon, coming soon," and then there was nothing. And so I, you know, I was like, "Oh man!" So I had to go just buy, you know, your your, your your regular uh you had to lower you, could, you had to yeah. go down to a pedestrian pallet and lower yourself to just the standard eggs <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then then I, I recognized the prices on those you know uh, regular eggs i'm like wow they've gone up a lot I, I wonder why but also why are these happy eggs aren't available either so that was the uh the news on that uh it, it was i guess there was some disease or something with the uh the hens that are laying eggs um, not sure if it's just countrywide or it's just uh, in California. So this is why we haven't done a podcast in six months because we don't talk about crap that's going to help get you to freedom. We got to talk about, <laughs> about happy eggs. Happy eggs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you'll notice. So, but like I see that my mother-in-law is almost ninety, and she can tell you <clears throat> when the price of avocados is a deal or the price of bananas or the price of, you know, whatever kind of fruit or vegetable or food. And she's well aware of pricing at the grocery store. <clears throat> and I'm sure she's not unique, very special woman, but lots of people could do that. But what's interesting, Chris, what do people do when asset prices go on sale? We see what well, you can tell when food goes on sale or gets expensive, but when asset prices go on sale, what do people do? Oh, they're scared. They stay away. So when stock prices, uh, stock being an asset, it mm -hmm. goes down in value. 
people don't run like they would normally run to the grocery store and load up on avocados or boxes of Cheerios or whatever it is that's on sale, but they don't run down to the stock market and buy it. Did I tell you a story of my cousin who's um, he, he's 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 a little bit older than I am, but he's not right quite up there here. And so, so for those who what what Chris was just doing was pointing at his head and bringing a cigarette, <laughs> meaning he's a little nutty, is what he's. <laughs> he's a little nutty. Uh, and so, the last time I went to visit my aunt, his mom, in uh, they live in Las Vegas, and uh, she 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 told me like she opened up, uh, I guess, in the closet or something, and she's told me, look, look what he bought, and this this was like years ago. She said. He went to Costco and he saw the rice cookers. They were on sale. And he bought eight of them. <laughs> She's like, this is what I got to deal with. I got, what? why did he buy eight of them? She's like, you tell me. He said it was cheap. So <laughs> he thought it was a good deal. So he bought eight of them. He said, just in case, you know, they, they it breaks down. He's got eight the of them. first bought. seven break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to last him for 100 years now. <laughs> do you, uh, just so you know, do you have a rice cooker in the house? I do. And has it ever broken? No, I've, I've never had to replace it. <laughs> so I'm growing sure up. eats a lot more rice than I do, but yeah. I, you know. Growing up, I never had a rice cooker, but got married. My wife has one. Yeah. So, you know, at 20 years, we've still got the same one, I think. Yeah. I've never heard of a rice cooker breaking. Exactly. So, he, <laughs> but, well, you know, he's, he's good for the next seven, eight generations. Yeah. <laughs> As long as it's not gas powered, because they'll probably outlaw that. If that <laughs> yeah, but but you know, people do all these sorts of crazy things when they see you know prices are down on stuff that they they value or they like, right? And so the average person doesn't see um, you know financial assets as something that you know they should be accumulating in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And you know, we 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 talked about uh, Kiyosaki's uh, rich dad poor dad and how he his definition of an asset and a liability. An asset is something that puts money in your pocket. A liability is something that takes money out of your pocket. And so most people tend to, you know, flock to liabilities that are on sale, whether it's a car, a purse, uh, you know, uh, uh, any retail item you can kind of think of, or even uh, food, you know, they're, they're just, you know, running to the store and buying them when they're on sale, especially we've just gone through the holidays with you know, your Black Friday and, you know, all the Christmas shopping, um, people go and, you know, go nuts over it. Um, and when we have assets, right, stuff that puts money in your pocket on sale, they get scared and they run away. And that's that's the mindset of the individual, uh, the average person. And so, you know, Chris and I wanted to uh, discuss this on a podcast related to our mindset and what how we should think. And like we said, it's that it's that 95% plus on how to think so that you can get to time for you. And we're at a pretty good, you know, uh, uh, point in time in the, in the markets and in a uh, market cycle where we don't, you know, typically we don't see this stuff happen uh, very often. And so it's, it's almost if you go back and you study, it's almost like about every 10 years you, you, you get a kind of a big market correction. Um, that gives you a very good, you know, opportunity to go in and uh, shop for assets. And if you pay attention to the news and, you know, all those different media outlets, uh, you're going to hear a lot of bad stuff, right? A recession is coming, um, a lot of fear, 
right? And people can see it with their 401ks within the last 12, 18 months, right? Seeing at highs and now they're down so much, uh, people get fearful. And when you're in fear mode, uh, you're, you, you're gonna totally miss out on opportunities. And this is the time where you don't see professionals come out and you know tell you what they're doing, but they're behind the scene. They're pretty quiet and they're planning and they're you know uh, putting a plan in place to be buying up a lot of these assets that are you know kind of selling. Um, you know you can buy them probably for like ten cents, twenty cents on a dollar. Now, before we go any further, Chris, are you encouraging people to go buy stocks tomorrow? No, 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 no. It's it's more of a big picture, right? A yep. mindset shift. And uh, like I, we mentioned before, before you do anything, you got to get education. Um, and, you know, Chris has asked me this before, you know, do, do we recommend people go out and, you know, just buy? And I said, no, it's it's no different than, let's say, you compare it to fishing. And it's like, you know, you tell people, hey, you're, you're in front of a lake, you're hungry and you need you want to eat some fish, right? And you're in front of the lake, but you don't know it. And so we're telling you, you're in front of the lake and there's, you know, fish. It's in season and they're, they're, they're coming up and, you know, upstream to feed or, you know, downstream to feed, whatever. Um, but there's, there's plenty of fish in the lake. And what we're trying to tell you is not just to jump in and catch them or, you know. You can't you, jump in and catch them. You got to learn how to fish. You got to learn how to fish. Yeah. And so you got to get education. You got to learn. And uh, and the good thing about a bear market is uh, it does take you know some time uh, to to kind of go through that. And what that does is it gives you time to prepare. But you got to you got to understand that so that you can prepare. But if you if you wait till all prices are you know up again, um, you know which typically happens when it goes up and it, it starts running up uh, and and you're getting towards the end of the you know, the bull market cycle, people get excited again, and then they're all jumping in and trying to buy stuff. Uh, it's, it's, it's the complete opposite of, you know, you've seen food prices and everything rising and they're going up, they're really high. And now you're, now you're going in to buy a lot of it. Makes no Chris, sense. So Chris, when you see the, when they finally come back with the happy eggs, mm -hmm. they're, what, I don't know what eggs, what are, what do eggs cost a dozen these days? Do you know? Uh, it depends. It could vary anywhere from, uh, on the low, it's probably like four dollars to. We're in California, so you know, probably four dollars to uh, ten dollars for a dozen. Ten dollars for a dozen? Oh yeah, bucket <laughs> yeah. egg. Wow. Okay, yeah. I am clueless. So let's say that let's go down. Let's say it's four dollars a dozen. So and when in normal times, mm -hmm. are your happy eggs are they double the price, fifty percent higher? What would you guess? So the. Uh, I, so I haven't bought the happy eggs since they did they have no no I understand but if if happy yeah. if so, normal so normal, normally they're 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 about seven dollars uh, a dozen even when egg prices are down at a dollar or two for a dozen yeah when they're like about two dollars yeah so they're triple they're three to four times as much yeah two yeah depending yeah uh, if you come if you're getting the you know you're comparing to but you know again you're not comparing apples to apples right. Well, no, we're comparing say, happy eggs to unhappy eggs. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I would I would compare them to like the free range brown eggs, you know, and okay. those would probably go for. So I would say they're probably about double. All right. Yeah. Dude, you, you got caviar taste. I did not realize <laughs> that. You never made me an omelet. Right. Um, but you, now well, you will waste them. You tell me to scramble them. I like them. Over <laughs> <easy>. <laughs> 
I would tell you to scramble them. You see, yeah. when you scramble them, you can't taste the happy in the eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but now, but think about that. That would be the equivalent of when happy eggs go to $10 a dozen and people are lined up at the store to buy them as quickly as they can. Exactly. And it doesn't happen that way. But it happens that way in the stock market. Yeah. Because everybody was, oh my gosh, I can sell them to somebody else. My next door's neighbor's cousin's brother made some money. So I'm going to jump in too. Mm -hmm. And I'm even, he's as clueless as I am. <clears throat> and if he can do it, I can do it. And that's usually about when everybody jumps in. And at that point, the party's over and you're buying the shares from the person that's trying to get out. And next thing that, you know, the thing cascades south. Yeah. Drops for a while. And then you get down looking for a bottom somewhere and yeah, that happens every single cycle history repeats the stock market repeats the only difference are the participants but it's the same human behavior that you see cyclic cyclically happening again and again and again and again it's just been quite a while since we've had a bear market so it's kind of cool yeah but now, if you're new, notice what we just said. We have a bear market, and it's kind of cool. You turn on CNBC, and they people crowing about, "Oh, it's finally over. It's you know time to buy, or oh, there's more down to go." There's all you know whatever opinion you want to hear. Just wait five minutes, and you'll hear that one. Then ten minutes later, you hear the opposite side of it. So you can't judge. You can't base your. You can't call it education. Listening to somebody's listening to somebody's opinion, who's a talking head on TV, you've got to go learn on your own to be able to learn to recognize what to look for, for when prices are rising and or they're falling. Um, yeah, you have, you have to find somebody who has expertise in, in, in managing assets and, uh, you know, been in the industry for a while and, and successful at it. You, you can't based on the talking heads because their job is just, they're, they're media people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not investors, they're not traders, they're not, you know, money managers. Their job is to get you to buy. They exactly. want they want you to be active. Yeah. Or, or or to tune in, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So Chris, I also see in the news the headlines or the, the articles, the stories <clears throat> about concern. Well, I guess uh, you know, a few months ago the White House changed the definition of recession mm -hmm. on the official site. So it used to say one thing, now it says something else. So not only are we it's all kinds of fun stuff going on in the in the world today. We're changing <laughs> the definition of words. It's coming down from up on high. Um, but now the question is, are we in a recession or how soon will it be before we get into one? And Chris, let me ask you this. As a, as a stock trader and investor, are you worried about an, an, a recession? It, it doesn't matter. Why not? You know, because you do, based on what the charts and what the, the evidence is showing you um, that's currently going on, you, you don't care if it's a recession or not. It doesn't, you know, all of a sudden somebody says it's a recession, doesn't change what I do. Yep, exactly. And what you mean by that is you're able to make money when stuff goes up, you can make money when stuff goes down. Correct. That's the beauty of the stock market. Uh, you know, as long as it's moving and it, it moves enough, you will have opportunities trading up or down. Um, you know, uh, and we talked about real estate. That's one of the stuff that, uh, or one of the advantages over, you know, in real estate, you see all these people pushing up prices. And now that it's starting to, you know, come down, you know, people are staying away. They can't, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, it was about a year ago. 
my neighbor, a couple doors down, owns a mortgage company. So he's got, I don't know how big his staff is, but a staff, and he's been selling loans and mortgages for 25 years. <clears throat> and he came out and you know, we're standing in the middle of the street, you know, COVID stuff going on, right? So we're standing six feet apart in the middle of the street. And my street doesn't get a lot of traffic, so we can stand out there for quite a while. He said, yeah, he goes, man, it's it's going to be bad. You know, interest rates have risen, you know, a point or whatever. It's been a point and a half in the last whatever amount of time. He said, I'm just seeing it. And it struck me. It's like, oh, we're not hearing. I mean, he's seeing it. He's got to lay off all his staff. So he had a staff of whatever it is. And <clears throat> I saw some numbers the other day where the mortgage, not rate, what I'm looking for, the number of mortgages was something like 10% of what it had been 12 to 15 months ago. Mm -hmm. And so mortgage, I guess you call it originations. I don't know what the right word is, but they were down like 90%. We're not talking about like uh, re refinancing or anything. Uh, no, yeah, it was just a, a new loans. I, I don't know if yeah. it included refinance or not, Yeah. but, but the, the overall number was down some like, you know, damn near 90%. If I read the numbers right from what it had been ballpark a year ago. And if you think of what that does from an employment perspective, that just put a whole bunch of people out of work on the mortgage mm -hmm. side. But if you've got that much of a slowdown, then that also dries up the real estate market. You know, some people that still need to move and people are going to do their thing, but it's not nearly as easy and as active as it was 12, 18 months ago. <clears throat> yeah, the, the majority of the home buying has not been, you know, like, uh, you know, people who are trying to buy a house and live in. Mm -hmm. it, it was done by a lot of institutions and investors, uh, you know, people flipping homes and uh, companies like BlackRock and Mm -hmm. You know, Berkshire Hathaway, just just buying it up and turn them into rental properties. And so, so, well, so, so those guys are, you know, they're they're not they they're they're no longer the catalyst. Yes. That, yep. That's pushing that. Yeah. And so when we speak about cycles in the stock market, you see cycles in real estate as well. And I have yet to meet a real estate agent that won't tell me it's a good time to buy. <laughs> <laughs> so again as you're going out and, and figuring out how you're going to get educated and whatever things you're reading always keep in mind the person or the group from whom you're gaining this wisdom this education look at it and say do they have something to gain on the backside so if you're getting educated by a real estate salesperson just keep in mind what their motivation may truly be. There's nothing wrong with that, but just, just be aware. Yeah. Do you realize the, you know, when, when people flip homes, think about, you know, uh, real estate on average, at least here in California, um, because, you know, real estate markets are all different around the country. So there's, uh, there's a lot of different markets and how they move. Uh, but if we're in California, uh, typically you could see probably about like maybe a 7% return or something like that. Uh, you know, on the on price increase, least, you mean? On price increase, correct? Yep. Uh, on average per year. Yep. And if you think about it, if a home gets flipped, you know, once a year, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're paying five percent to the broker, right? At least on the and yeah, at least right, yeah. five to six percent, right? Yep. And, and so all the other closing costs usually add up and, to about and all the other costs with it. So you're you're getting at least maybe five to seven, maybe it could be eight percent. Yep. So when you flip it, 
the profits are really going to, you know, the, the people who service the industry. Yes. yes. And then the, yeah. And then, and then the, the sucker is usually the homeowner that is stuck with the bag. Yep. You know, in, and when you're in a rising, you know, uh, uh, real estate market, there's all this flipping that's going on. And uh, I don't know if you, you know, you paid, if you look at home uh, that are listed, a lot of them are like, they've only bought it within the last two years. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and they, and now they're trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if, a, if a house is, if, if a piece of property uh, within 10 years gets flipped a few times, that eats away at the growth. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see, um, if the if we do go into a quote-unquote recession whatever that is whatever that means whenever that happens mm-hmm. and if you had you know the jobs numbers are still high if we are went and you're seeing um i read something there was a greater number of job loss jobs lost in the tech industry this past year than there was during the dot-com bust mm-hmm. about 20 years ago which I thought was really interesting. Now, granted, the industry is larger. Yeah. Great. And like, wow, that's fascinating. Um, because that did a number on tech back at the end of the dot-com boom. Mm-hmm. But as there's job loss or when job loss happens here in, in current times, now you have people that if they stretched to make that purchase of their new home in the last couple of years... And most people do. Yep, exactly. Most, mm-hmm. Very few people buy under their means. Mm-hmm. And now you've got, oh, I may not be able to, if, 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 if they can't find an equivalent paying job, now you're like, oh, crap, I got to get out from under this, uh, uh, what am I looking for, expense. Yeah, you're forced to sell. Forced to sell, and I yeah. got to get out quick because I can't make the payments. And now you might see the cascading effect of, oh, you know, three homes on the same street, looking about the same. Whichever guy wants to price it the least will be the one that will sell first. Mm-hmm. And so who's willing to blink? And you saw this back in 07, 08, 09 with the real estate debacle. So it'll be interesting to see how that, if that plays out that way or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's about supply and demand. And, uh, and at some point, the uh, supply is going to increase. Because people are, you know, forced to sell. Yes. Yep. Right? You're gonna have some of that because of layoffs, and uh, and then, uh, you know, the the demand has been drying up because of interest rates. Yep. You got the affordability factors way down. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, what other little tidbits of knowledge? Uh, Ukraine war. Anything to comment upon that? Do you read anything in the news about it, Chris? You don't hear much. You hear a little bit about it, but for as brutal as it is, yeah, we don't get a lot of. It's. I mean, we talked about it before when it was new. Like you know, it was headline news, and and you know, the market would react a little bit, you know, to it. But like we said, over time, it's gonna, you know, the market's gonna brush brush it off. Yep. And so that's you know any news with Ukraine and 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 Russia hasn't really affected what the market's doing um, and it's and i'm i have my opinions on the administration i'm i'm amazed that we're not more in than we are yeah and i'll i'll leave it at that 
you could you could you know do a whole uh, uh political you know episode on that <laughs> yeah no no that's all right well, um but but you know to to getting back to uh thinking about the economy and recession and you know opportunities and all that that's that's uh, available in front of us um usually uh when you see the you know the, the economy uh doing really bad you're going to hear that probably this year because you know chris has mentioned all the layoffs that we've seen and, and we're continuing to see that um that's going to affect the economy and you're going to see on the street looks bad and numbers will come out and look bad but all of a sudden the stock market bottoms mm -hmm. and the stock market's no longer going down but it starts going up but still you know things still looks grim you yep. know in, in, in what you're seeing um uh, out, you know, out and about. Uh, but that's typically what happens. Um, but if you're not aware, and, and like we said, you're not educated, you don't plan properly, you're going to miss it. And you you won't see a stock market that's bottom, and you'll still be afraid, and you'll wait until conditions get better. And if we go back into the last, you know, uh, big recession that we had in 2008 and nine, the stock market bottom, you know, in 2009, but Really, the economy, you know, it it stayed down for a number of years. Right. There's a we did an I'm, I'm scanning through. If you heard the keyboard tapping in the back, that was me being a bad host. Um, there's some, one of our prior episodes. Chris, keep talking. I'm looking up. We oh. did an episode way back when that talked about the relationship between uh, the stock market and the economy. Mm -hmm. And we talked about them not being related like you would think. Correct. So we did an episode. I think it's in the 40s. Oh, here it is. Number 57. <laughs> so we did a discussion on that a couple of years back about mm -hmm. how the, the stock market is detached from the economy. Yeah, um, the, the reverse is true because, uh, you know, think about a year, a year and a half ago when the market was at peak, right, mm -hmm. uh, in 2021. And... At that time, the market was peaking, but and then it started coming down, right? Late to late last or late 2021. Yep. Uh, but you didn't see layoffs. You didn't see blood on the street. Correct. Right. There wasn't any. Yeah. <clears throat> so so the, you know, same thing as when we start seeing the when the market starts bottoming, we're probably going to see all these issues and problems still going on. Typically, what you see is that the stock market leads by about six to nine months historically mm -hmm. and so um as an example if you go look and all right you know so the market we we hit bottom however long ago it was and if you go from that point go forward six to nine months it's not uncommon to that that point now you'll see all the news stores like oh man everything's horrible 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 and the stock market has moved on it's six to nine months ahead of that and it's if it's interesting if you get the time uh, you don't have to do it just on this current cycle but go back in time and you know dig up some news articles about how bad the uh, economy was impacted during the um, the uh, 08 debacle, and see when it sounded like by the letters in, by the articles in the press how bad it was. And when you get a gauge of what those dates are, now go look at a stock chart, and you'll see that the stock market bottomed usually about six months before that maybe nine months, really interesting. Go back and find that and you'll see it again and again. <clears throat> but 
you know, there's a little bit of wisdom from, or it's bullshit. It could be a total line. I just made it up, <laughs> but go look it up and you'll see what we're talking about. But yeah, what, what Chris just said there was uh, it's, it's, it's one of the things that you do to get educated. Um, mm -hmm. Right. You, you, you got to go back and you got to study and you got to learn about this stuff uh, to get the, to get the confidence, to get the mindset around, you know, the opportunities that's in front of you. Otherwise, uh, you're going to miss it. And then five to 10 years from now, you'll look back and go, oh, that's what it was. But, you know, it, it's going to pass. You. Okay. And again, don't infer that to mean, oh, you should be go be go be buying stocks tomorrow. Absolutely not. We're not saying that. We're saying is go get educated. But understand that when you start hearing more and more press um, releases and stories and whatever else on the drumbeat of bad news about we're in a recession, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, my God, the sky's falling. Don't let that sway you as to what opportunities are out there. Because just keep in mind, when when there are deals at the grocery store, or at Target or Walmart, people flock there to buy stuff. But when there's deals in the stock in the market, the stock market, people are afraid to go shopping. And you have to learn to not be afraid, but you have to learn to recognize what is a deal and when is the right time to look to uh, take a take a chunk of it and put it in your portfolio. Yeah, you 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 have to know you have to be able to know uh, or identify what's a good asset as well. Mm -hmm. So just like the you know the 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 grocery stores are you know, are selling stuff cheap. Yep. If you go in there and buying junk food, probably not good. Right. <laughs> You're stocking up on junk food. You know? Yeah. I assume your cousin doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm, I'm still, I'm thinking about like, dude, you just made it really uncomfortable at Christmas next year when you show up. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> your cousin leaves. Hey man, I still got eight good rice, rice cookers and now right. I can sell them for triple or whatever it is yeah. because of inflation. No, no, he he, he was like, I, I thought about giving you one, but man, hell, the hell with that. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right, anything else we ought to cover on our uh, on our? We're back to doing this. No, I think it's uh, it's good. We'll uh, we'll catch you guys again in about a year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be a little more frequent. We'll try to get back to uh, a monthly ish schedule and get back on there um can't remember how i do the closing <clears throat> oh the hey, you do the closing you haven't done one we'll give you a new year's resolution oh okay well i mean chris and i have talked about uh, a number of things to think about and as we said you know what's what's really important is the time freedom and so it's it's all about you having the correct mindset and if you apply what uh, you know what we talked about on this podcast and you can go back and listen to the other 89 episodes as well and, um, you know, learn from the mindset and things that we shared so that you can get to time freedom. And we promise you that if you do uh, apply that mindset, the 95% how to think, uh, you too will get to time freedom. And, you know, we signify time freedom as waves on, on the beach on a Tuesday. And so if you don't know how that uh, sounds, take a day off on your, you know, uh, Tell your boss you're sick or something. You got COVID, and <laughs> on a Tuesday, and go out to the beach and listen to the waves. They sound, you know, very very different than uh, a, a wave that you would hear, uh, you know, over the weekend or on a holiday. And that's the objective. We uh, we we thought about putting the 
not the avatar, the little uh, the logo, the color scheme, whatever kind of thing you call it, the little picture that rec- that identifies the podcast. One of the choices, one of the things I was kicking around was figuring out how to make it be a Tuesday wave. But I didn't think when people looked at that and they saw the podcast, like Tuesday waves, what is that? <laughs> Sounds like a retail store. <laughs> but that is the uh, that is the objective is to get you to the point where you too can just listen to the waves on Tuesday because nobody else is at the beach. Um, and it's a great spot to be. So as always, we appreciate you listening. Again, for those of you that were sending out notes and phone calls and all that to be sure that we are, are okay, we're doing fine. Um, there's also a little bit of weird weather going on in California. Chris is, we're both in Southern California, uh, the LA area. Uh, Chris is up at the base of the mountains. And, you know, a half mile above him, there's uh, mudslides going on, but he's far enough away, it's not an issue. And uh, I'm down near the coast and if we had a big tsunami, I might have to go hang out with him, but there's nothing bad going on down here. So we're all good. All the nasty stuff seems to be going up and going on in Northern California. So as always, thank you for listening and we'll, uh, we'll speak to you next time. Take care.